Welcome back to this new episode of Creative Industry Radio. My guest today is Billy Aurora. Billy is an international fashion model and has been featured in publications like Vogue, Grazia and L'Officiel, and as well as for luxury brands like MS and Yves Saint Laurent. She is represented by top agencies like Elite, Ford and IMG. And beyond her modeling career, Billy has been well noticed for her education in holistic nutrition and in herbalism, and she started her own fashion brand, Sentiments, where she incorporated literature and fashion. We recently got to work together for a Vogue magazine cover story, and now we sat down to unfold her remarkable career to the creative family and share some inspiration. In this conversation, we took a deep dive into how Billy started out in the creative industry and how a Sephora campaign kicked off her international career in New York. We speak about Billy's mom, also a successful model herself, and how she became Billy's mentor. Billy was also open to talk about how it can be very hard to deal with expectations, feelings, self-esteem and confidence in the industry, and that models can be under insane judgments by model agencies. As we were talking about mental health, Billy openly talked about burnout and how surrendering to the circumstances and accepting and being honest with people got Billy out of this loop. Finally, we have an honest conversation about social media, its benefits and risks. We talk about absurd face filters and how too little media competence can bring unwanted noise into your life. During the pod, Billy drops inspiring book suggestions and in the end asks you, the creative family, a question that we would love for you to answer in the comments of the Instagram post to this episode with Billy. And if you, after listening to this episode, find that you got some value out of this conversation, please consider leaving a review or subscription to this podcast and also forward this episode to someone that you think can benefit from the value of this episode. Are you ready to discover what it is like to be an international fashion model? Perfect. Here's Billy. Enjoy. So welcome to the show, Billy. It's super nice to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. And um, I got a first question for you. That is, what's the smell of your childhood? What comes to your mind first? Horses. Horses. Okay. Can you unwind that a little bit? Yeah. So my mom actually, we kind of lived the same life. So my mom actually rode horses while I was growing up and I always wanted to follow in her footsteps. So my whole childhood, I was like kind of pestering my parents to let me get a pony and like go ride and hang out at farms and stuff. And eventually they came in. So I would say probably for the good half of my childhood i spent most of the days at the barn wow um riding and just being around the horses well that must have been wonderful as a kid to have all that surroundings nature and these amazing animals it was you know in hindsight i feel like it did a lot for me because it almost disciplined me in a way at a young age um because i even would go to horse shows and stuff and i would have to wake up like 5 a.m and make sure my horses were all ready and everything um it was definitely a very special part of my childhood wow that's that's really exciting so for long for how long have you been uh in that surrounding um, so I don't ride anymore. I rode for about 12 years, um, up into a professional level where it was basically my life. I traveled pretty much every two weeks to a different destination. I rode in Europe, um, the States and obviously back in Canada. And I stopped riding when I'm, I'm going to say when I was about 19. Okay. And maybe we should, 
um, for the people that don't know you, maybe we can give a little um, background on, on uh, where you're from, because uh, you just mentioned uh, Sweden and uh, Canada. So that's a, that's a mix. And maybe you can give a little background and uh, of what you're doing uh, right now. Yeah, so basically, so... I was born in Canada. I was born in a place called Victoria, BC. It's an island off of Vancouver on the West Coast. My dad's actually from India. He immigrated to Canada when he was 16, and my mom is from Norway. But Sweden, yes, my mom lives in Sweden currently. My father is still here in Canada, and I am here in Canada right now. I actually just got back from Sweden. I was in Europe for the last month. Yes, and uh, that's when we connected and yes. <laughs> uh, agreed on that on that uh, visit of yours in the show. So, you know, many people are really fascinated by the mysterious and kind of shiny world of fashion and luxury and mm -hmm. uh, the stories behind the facades of the of those big brands. And um, so you're really into this. And um, would you mind unpacking this a little bit for the listeners? And could you take us behind the scenes? What what does your day-to-day -day look like when you have a production and after that? So basically, so yeah, so when I would have a job, um, I mean, it would depend if I'm traveling for work or if it's a local job. But basically, so it depends what time call time is. So it's usually about like, I would say anywhere from like 7 to 8 a.m. And I usually show up to set. Um And then hair and makeup starts and we kind of go over like the mood board for the day and like kind of what the client or the photographer is looking for. Yes. And then we basically, most days it's about an eight, nine hour day. So we shoot all day. We get like a lunch break. Um, and then I always take time when I can to kind of like go for a walk outside on my lunch break or something like that. And then... Usually when we wrap up, we'll probably go over. My favorite thing at the end of the day is I love I love when we shoot tethered so I can see the images because yes. um, I feel like that's really special. And I also feel like it's motivating in a sense because if you're shooting and then you're like, oh, you know what? Like that looks really good. You kind of just it kind of gives you the energy you need for the day to keep going. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Because um, you know what you created with the team. And yeah. You have got a sure. feel of achievement and um Yeah, that's, you know, that's something in the creative industry that is, I guess, very important to everyone that is somewhat connected to creative projects. Um, if you build something with your hand, you know what you did in the end of the day. But if you're creating um, images or, um, you, I don't know, just create a slogan or a campaign or whatever, and yeah. uh, you need to have that feeling of accomplishment and <laughs> the end of the day, right? And For sure, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, and then there's obviously times where you shoot on location, right? So you're not always you're not always in a studio, whether yes. it be outside, which happens quite often. I've actually shot outside in Germany quite a lot, which was actually some of my best memories for work. I would say. Oh, really? Is, yeah, there was. I shot a video for Le Ficial, um outside Munich, actually, at okay. a corn maze. Oh. And that was really cool because, like, it's work days like that where, in hindsight, I'm like, you know what, that was so special because I remember, obviously, like, I we got, I got picked up and you go to a corn maze in the middle of nowhere and it's so beautiful everywhere. And um, you shoot, but then all of a sudden it's three o'clock and all the kids are off school. So, like, as we're working, all the families come with their children and they're, like, running around the corn maze all day. And it's it's cool, you know what, like, 
that kind of stuff is like special to me to experience and just not sitting in a studio all day. Yes, of course. And that's where life happens outside, right? And, um, yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, now that you have got um, quite a history already uh, with big names in the industry, like uh, big magazines or um, big fashion brands, um, how how is it actually um, that you, or how, did, how did it feel when you got into that kind of league, let's say? And mm -hmm. um, how did you progress from, from uh, being there? What is, what is happening uh, right now when you get booked and how did you get there? Could you maybe dive yeah. into that a little bit? For sure. So, I mean, when I started modeling, like my mom was actually a model, so I kind of followed in her footsteps and I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was an overnight success. It, it took me a while actually um, to get where I was with a lot of those jobs. It was hard for a while. Like there was a probably a good like two to three year period where I was booking like jobs, but they were probably like a little bit like more mediocre, you know, and just mm -hmm. spending a lot of time testing or just doing editorials and just kind of And getting out there and stuff. Um, but I feel like it just consistency is key, you know, and I kind of just always had the mindset, like, even if someone was like, oh, like, I don't think this is going to work out for you. I was just, I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm not going to listen to you. I feel it's going to, so I'm just going to keep trying. And Did someone say that? Really? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I tell people this and I laugh about it now, but I actually went when I was, I wouldn't say 19, I went to a local agency in Vancouver, which is like a decently well-known agency over there and I remember I met the head booker and I went in there and um this was before like anything ever took off for me because I started modeling full-time when I was like 19 um and she was like <laughs> she's like you know you're really beautiful but I just don't think with your age you're ever gonna make it to New York or be able to book any big jobs and I was like okay <laughs> thank you so much um no. <laughs> yeah and like Yeah, and you know, she follows me on Instagram now. <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah. I could have listened to her, but I didn't. And I feel like that's really important for people because yes. it's so important to remember that like other people's opinions like really don't matter, you that know? It's so good that you said it, say that because I hear that all the time. People that get frustrated by one negative feedback of someone. And I mean, it's, it's, human nature too you know of course like when that kind of stuff happens you start to like think about that and you can kind of go down like a bit of a rabbit hole in a spiral but I really think that like if you're passionate about something and you want to go after it then just keep trying you know because eventually something will come to fruition most times absolutely so what happened afterwards so you you went from that agency obviously Yeah, no, so after that, I was, I mean, my mom was a model. She was with IMG, and so um, I actually signed with a local agency here in Victoria. And they're wonderful people, you know, but the whole time I was like, you know what, I want to be bigger than this, and, like, being with a local agency is just not going to get me anywhere. And so I was like, I told my mom, I was like, I want to go to New York. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay. And so she, I ended up getting, um a mother agent at the time. And within one week I had meetings in New York with like elite IMG Ford, like all the big agencies you could really dream of. But 
obviously, <laughs> going to New York as a new face with absolutely no, no portfolio or images that a New York market would like deem acceptable um, is incredibly hard. So I remember I, actually I, my I, very I, first meeting there was with Elite New York and I met with the head there and I remember they offered me a contract on spot, but everyone was like, oh, can we see your portfolio? And I was like, well, I don't really have any images right now. And I obviously needed to test. And of course, being Canadian with no work visa, it's very hard. So they had sent me to um, get work in Canada because to get a U.S. visa, you actually need like now it's really hard. You need like 70 to 90 tear sheets, which for people listening, if they don't know what a tear sheet is, it's basically a page in a magazine. Um, All right. So, so that's, I, that's kind of a challenge. It's Absolutely. hard, and yeah, yes. yeah, and you need like letters from big clients to show that you've done a lot of jobs. And so, I actually moved to Toronto because in Canada, um, the main markets I would say is probably Toronto and Montreal. And I also went to Europe because it's easy to get tear sheets and work there in a shorter amount of time. So, I went to Toronto and I went back and forth from there in Europe, and I stuck it out a while, and I actually had a lot of success there. And I, my Canadian agency actually got me my first big job, which was a YSL beauty contract, which mm-hmm. was a really big deal to me at the time. And that's when things kind of started happening a little bit. Um, and I started signing with more agencies and then I went to Milan for a little bit. And and then I shot another big job, which was in Canada, it was a Sephora campaign, which was really cool. And then all of a sudden everything worked out and I got my visa for the States and I was so anxious about it for so long because I wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen. Yes, I believe. And And I had a friend who was a a model and had done a lot of really big jobs and been all over Europe and stuff and her visa was denied. So it was making me very anxious because it's like something you work very hard for and you kind of have an expectation of something, right? And if it doesn't happen, then what? So I ended up getting my visa and then I went straight to New York after that. That sounds uh, really exciting. And uh, first of all, um, I, I, I can feel your ambition and the belief that uh-huh. you have in yourself, which is super amazing, especially in that young age, um, because you well you have you have a role model right in your family. That is a big plus. Yeah. Um, so she knows what it takes to get there, and she could definitely be kind of a mentor or at least. Uh, at body at your side to help you when you were in doubt or anxious i believe yeah and I, um, yeah i always say um i don't think i would have gone where i did if it wasn't for my mom obviously my dad's absolutely wonderful but it's funny like immigrant parent he was always he was like you want to model like your mom did and he was very against it And I was like, no, like, let me just try. Let me just try. But I would say from his side, he really instilled like a worth, a work ethic in me because he was trying to push me to work from like a very young age. Um, But back to my mom, I really, truly do not think I would have done half of the stuff I've done if it wasn't for her because modeling's hard you know it's like sometimes when you're 20 on the other side of the world in a country where you know nobody for work or on stay or something it's like if you don't have a support system or maybe someone who really understands it's it's really hard absolutely and especially in times like these days uh where everything is public and online and everywhere um i believe it is 
so crucial to be centered in yourself so that you don't get affected by negative comments or um, you know, just the vibe of people that, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about. There's so much yeah. happening <laughs> online and people hide behind their uh, profiles and uh, just wait for someone that they can, I don't know, bully on or whatever. And uh, For did, sure. Did you have struggles with that in the beginning of your career? You know what? I always say I was very lucky. I never, I've had to, I will say I've been incredibly lucky throughout my modeling career. I've, I have some friends who have had horrific experiences and I've, I've only had a couple, um, which is obviously not, it's like <laughs> two more than should be needed. But I would say online, not, not really to be fair. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really good to hear because, You know, every once in a while, I I can I can see and feel that when when meeting models on set or something that you know there's a certain I don't know that just don't feel that happy about social yeah. media, for example, and um, it's it's kind of pressure to yeah. fulfill expectations. But I guess it's sometimes it's expectations that are in one own one's own head yeah. rather than from anyone else and um so i was just curious if uh if that has affected you in some way uh, because of yeah. course you are very public um as as a, uh, as a model and especially um with your career level how did that uh, evolve over time i mean it kind of comes with the territory i mean i've been rejected many 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 times um But I also, one thing I tell everybody, which I always keep in the back of my head, and when I say this, I don't say this from such a personal perspective when I, like, I mean, this isn't in regards to families or, like, loving your partner or your parents, but in a work aspect and definitely in modeling, no one cares about you as much as they care about themselves, you know? So yeah. people aren't going home at the end of the day, clients, casting directors, agents, whatever, and like thinking about you, they're thinking about themselves, you know? So I always kind of took that in the back of my head. And I mean, of course I've, I had lots of rejection. Like there was times where I like, there was times where I was told like I was too skinny, which is very unheard of. But I remember there was a point where I got worked really hard and this stress made me look very unwell. And that was, that had been a thing. And There was one time I remember when I was in New York and I got really insecure about it and I would actually go to castings wearing like two pairs of pants just because I just didn't want someone to say something about it because it was starting to make me insecure, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously like there's such an expectation on the girls to be in perfect shape all of the time, you know, like yes. whether that's how amazing your skin is or your nails or your teeth, all that type of stuff. So you're basically picked apart a lot. Um, yes. And it was harder for me at the beginning, but I feel like I would just try to not go home and think about it so much. And I would try to think more about the positive things I had heard because there's always people in the back who are rooting for, you know, and I think having a really great support system and definitely an agency um, that really believes in you and that even if the client has something horrible to say about you or if the casting director didn't like you, they still believe in you. And I feel like that is 
very, very important, you know? Absolutely. You know, I have been to so many shootings over the course of my career and I have seen and heard things that I would have never imagined that could happen. And oh, yeah. I mean, creative directors um, talking loud in the room that, hey, I, don't re I really don't like what she looks like or he looks like. And uh, just super, super, super superficial you know yeah and, uh, so kind of mean as if the model would be an object to you know judge um yeah and i mean you can think that if you want you everybody can think whatever he wants but that amount of kindness and uh gratitude that someone comes there of course the model is paid um uh At least it should be right, and um, so when 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 something like that happens, and I've seen that happen too to other creatives on set, you know, mm -hmm. just people destroying the confidence of of people yes. on set by just having a rude comment and not thinking about something. I don't know why they do that because they want to justify their position or whatever. And um, it, whenever I see that on 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 set, I try to you know just connect with people or just yeah. you know give them that sense of uh warmth and um ease if you want to say yeah. so so um did that did that uh, did that occur to you or others on set as well yeah i mean i've obviously experienced that in times um i would say not so much as i've heard about but there's definitely been times where like even in different countries when you know they're talking about you but they're talking about you in a language which you don't understand so ah, that okay. deems it as okay obviously but level, yeah. yeah no for sure but i think what a lot of these adult humans don't think about when they're speaking like that about young girls or men or whatever is these are people with feelings and self-esteem and Absolutely. these are things they will not forget. And it can, you can really, really mess someone's life up by saying horrible things, you know, and I just don't think it's ever acceptable. I feel like, I hope it's changing in my experience. It started to change. Um, but I have a lot of friends. It's actually, this is an interesting story actually. So I'm going to say about two years ago, There was a girl, beautiful, beautiful girl was posted with an agency in New York. I'm not going to name the agency, but it's a very yes. well-known agency. And they're like, welcome this girl to our curve board. And I'm telling you, this girl was absolutely not even 1% of what a beautiful curve model should be, you know? Mm -hmm. She looked thinner than I Um, and so I was like, is, is, is this like actually happening? Because one, I think how wrong is that to tell a young girl like that they're a curve model, which I think that things shouldn't even be deemed as in sizes. Um, and then number two is that's taking away the girls who are on the curve board, you know, who, probably are being like, well, why are we on the same board? I just don't think that's correct anyways. So I remember seeing this and so many people were talking about it and I commented and I was like, this is actually insane that you're saying this girl is a curve model. Like this is absolutely insane. And I remember I shared it on my story 
And I actually messaged the girl beforehand because obviously I didn't want to like do this without her permission or make her feel uncomfortable in any sense. And I was like, hey, like, is it okay if I share this? And she opened up to me and she's like, yeah, like it's been very upsetting, but my dream has been to be a model. And this is what they said I am. And I think because she was super tall and maybe her measurements were a little bit wider than what they would deem as a main board model. Um, and once I did that, I started getting, there was like a two week period on my Instagram where I was over flooding with DMs. I put a little, it turned into where I put a question box on my Instagram story. And I'm like, if you have had any similar experiences, tell them to me and I'll share them. And I had hundreds of messages from girls just being like, modeling has ruined my life. I can't even look in the mirror anymore. What I, what I think is beautiful, um, is not according to anybody else. And just people saying their whole teenage years and the start of their twenties were just ruined by really mean people commenting on their body and their looks. And I had girls being like, I don't think I'll ever be the same. And you know how hard, and I shared every single one and it became overwhelming for me. Cause I was like, wow, this is a real thing. And like, this is so sad, you know? It is. Um, are you, um, are you still in contact with a few of them? Yeah, no, for sure. And it's interesting. Some of the girls who even like reply because they wanted to share were some of my very, very, very good friends. Some like of my friends who I have, I'm not friends with a lot of models. I will say that because I've tried to kind of separate my two lives, but the ones that I am friends with, um, some of them have had such horrible experiences and it's so upsetting to me that people could be so evil. And I just, I also just don't think happy people treat others like that i don't know i feel like in i don't i guess in some agencies and some lower agencies or anywhere you know there's people who kind of use being an agent as a power position where they mm -hmm. feel like they can talk down to somebody you know and yeah it's not right and those things will last forever and i can also see how it's almost affected my mental health in a way just being so Everyone kind of always judges your worth off of your looks, you know, for years and years yes. and years. And it got yes, to a point yes. where, like, I started to be like, well, if I don't look this way all the time, am I not as worthy? And I caught myself thinking like that a couple years ago. And I'm like, this is so wrong because I bet no one else that, like, isn't a model thinks this way. But I would get really in my head about it and stuff. And so, to me, that it just shows how much it, like, alters people's thinking when you're just put in this box and then just critiqued all of the time of how you should and shouldn't be. I I think it's so valuable that you speak about this, that you created that kind of safe space for um, the other models to connect with you and um, share the story because I think it's so important to talk about this. That's, yeah. not, that's not even close to being acceptable that people get treated like that. And um, That's the same uh, in in uh, I think in in as an artist for example, you you can get that kind of feedback by someone that is in a position that's higher than yours, maybe a creative director, talking down to an art director, if you want to say so, and um, just you know, uh, dumping his his uh, disrespect or yeah. just you know just wanting to feel better himself herself. Uh, to, For sure. To um, 
because they have a shitty day or whatever and uh, mm -hmm. it's so easy to to talk down to people and to make them it's uh it's super important that you do that because i think especially in uh in the model world um of course you're kind of judged by the cover right yeah and um that is so important to underline that there's human beings everywhere in these positions and um it I cannot understand why people do that, but I'm really happy that uh, you address this because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so important. Yeah, like I wait and I, you know, I say to you, like, not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to think you're the most beautiful girl in the room and not everyone's going to be your main supporter. But I think at the end of the day, if you're just kind, you've won, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like once you kind of stoop to that level, it's just like, what are you doing, you know? So... And I also think, like, especially in the modeling world, that personality can make someone a lot more beautiful. So I think just even being nice and stuff, because, like, a lot of people always ask me, like, oh, I want to model. Like, what's your advice? And I'm like, you know what? Just, like, be kind to everybody. Show them your personality. Because there could be the most beautiful girl in the whole entire world standing next to you. But if they are mean and rude and no one's going to want to be around them and they're not going to get rebooked for the job, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now that we are very, really deep in the mindset um, part already, um, I would love to ask you, um, when we had our first conversation, you said that you were kind of in a situation where you're feeling close to be burned out. And um, what do you, uh, would you mind talking about what happened and what also got you out of that situation again? Yeah, I mean, so I've I've never actually spoken about this publicly, not even on my Instagram. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, I'll I'll go, I'll go into just it for as, sure. Just as far as it's comfortable for you. No, 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 for sure. So yeah, basically, I would say so. There was a point. Um, it was end of it was end of summer, and. I was working a lot, you know, I was, there were some times where I was on 14 flights a week and I was not really taking a break and everyone was kind of like, you know what, like you should just take a little break. Cause I started really not to feel myself. I would start going to jobs and just being like, I don't want to be here. Um, or I would, I would start going on planes when I, right when I boarded the flight, I would have a panic attack. Like I had to get off the plane and I didn't want to go to work, which was never really ever like me. Um, and I got progressively worse, but I got to a point where I had shot a job and I was in, I was actually back in Germany and I woke up the next morning and. I had been really worked hard that week and I was not feeling myself at all and I could kind of feel something coming on but I woke up that morning and I couldn't lift my arms. It was like half my body was paralyzed and it was really scary obviously <laughs> and things started really down spiraling after that you know and so I went back to Canada and everyone was like you know what like you should really take a break because you're starting to look a little unwell and I just think that some time off would benefit you. Uh, and I kind of just didn't listen to anyone. And I kept getting asked for all these really cool jobs, you know, that would come up. And I was having a hard time saying no to the money as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kept going and I kept pushing myself. But I got to a point where I started breaking out in stress rashes, like all over my face. I would show up to set and um, I would 
tell the makeup artist or the client like, oh no, like my skin's actually good. I just had a reaction to the detergent on the pillow from the hotel and everyone would believe me, but I knew that like I was having stress rashes because when everything was calm, I wouldn't get them. And basically, so that kept happening. And then I started not being able to sleep. I would wake up at like 2 a.m. like so incredibly hungry for no reason. I would wake up in panic attacks and everything just kind of started down spiraling from that. And it ended up making me very, very, very unwell where I had a lot of very uncomfortable symptoms arise to a point where I physically couldn't work anymore because I felt so ill, you know? And so I took a while off of work. Um, and basically here I am now just, I'm recovering pretty much from all of that. And I've been able to do a bit here and there, but it's also put things into perspective for me a lot, yeah. you know, because there was a time after all that where I had worked so much and I had more money than I could ever wish for in my bank account. And I got a really nice place in LA and a brand new car, anything like people who like materialistic things would deem like amazing. But I can tell you, like I sat in that condo in LA and like I cried every single night because of how horrible I felt you know and and then I was still getting so much pressure from my agents and stuff and there was a time where I actually because we were talked about when I rode horses earlier so I stopped riding and then I three years after I went for my first ride back I actually just wanted to take a break from work and like have some fun with my friends in LA and first ride back the horse threw me head first into the cement and I like lost my vision I ended up in the hospital with a brain injury it was really bad um oh I remember my mom flew in and I was in very rough shape for a while and literally I was in a hotel in LA with my mom, just got released from the hospital. And my agency there at the time knew exactly what had happened. I was covered in bruises, like I couldn't walk. They had the audacity to ask me if I could go to a casting the next day. Oh, yeah. I was like, Absolutely. I was like, you guys out of your mind right now? <laughs> and it's just, and oh, it just my. goes to show that, like, not everyone always has your best interest. Sometimes they just see dollar signs, you know? Yeah. True. And um, wow. First of all, thank you for being so open about this. And um, now that you said how severe it was, um, how, how did you move on from there? What were your, what, I mean, what did you tell yourself? I, honestly, at the beginning, I think it was so hard for me to understand what was happening and why it was happening. And I think I could reflect on how horribly I was treating my body. Um, and I, like, I was not, a, I've not been a victim of this situation, you know, like it was all self-inflicted. Um, and I was aware of what I was doing, you know, and I should have listened to my body and I, and I didn't. But when it got so bad to the point where like, I didn't even have enough energy to walk to the kitchen or I would get such bad body aches where I was up all night crying in pain or, or like I would, it got to a point where my body created an immune response. I couldn't eat anything. Like it was like, I'd have anaphylactic shock every single day. Um, and it was really scary and I obviously didn't know what was going on and then living in that state which all happened honestly within a two-week period I went from like working and traveling the world to being like that it was so hard for me to comprehend that what was going on you know and so 
I think it was something that needed to happen and I kind of had to go through all of that and just like sit with him be like you know what like this is self-inflicted and like I will be okay but it was very very hard mentally but I feel like as time has gone on obviously um it's just made me think about things a lot differently in life and in work and how I want to really spend my time and just do jobs that are very special and important to me and not just taking any job just because of the dollar amount you know um yes and how like I really want to live my life and like go with my career moving forward you know but yeah it was very very hard to accept and then obviously trying to explain that what had happened to agencies and clients and having to turn down insane jobs like it was so I think the hardest thing on me at the time was I was like okay well like I physically can't work right now because of how unwell I am and how unwell I look and then it's like hey are you available for this Dior campaign and I was just like why is this happening you know Mm -hmm. which now I'm like I don't care about the work like my health is so much more important you know but it was very 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 difficult um at the beginning of all that to kind of process like what was going on i can understand um that is uh i think you know me personally i i don't believe in in coincidences and i believe that yeah everything that happens happens for a reason that is in yeah. the end is good for you that is my strong for belief sure. and um so of course uh it If if you say um, that you had to turn down these jobs and that you um, were in a situation where you honestly really were not physically able to to do anything, um, yeah. that is like a well. I have been in a similar situation once um, where I I was working like a maniac and uh-huh. I um, I had. I had a really interesting job that I wanted to uh, work on and I had a headache that has been around for a couple of days already that didn't really um, explain to me why it was there and not, no painkillers were helping and nothing. Yeah. And um, eventually a neighbor of mine, he told me that you should go and see a doctor. Um, yeah. There is uh, there's. <laughs> two things that I can think of and uh, so you should probably go and I said ah it's just headaches and I will have another painkiller and it's going to be fine yeah. um, then I went to the doctor and she said you have to go to the hospital right away and I went there and they said that oh this looks really bad so they they took some um, brain water out of my spine and oh, wow. said that you know um, you should probably call your wife and tell her that uh, this is really serious and you should arrange whatever is necessary. And I was like, huh, okay, maybe I can ask her to bring my my computer and my uh, graphic tablet so that I can continue working. That was in my head, right? And so I did that and she brought it and because she didn't know what was going on and, and the doctor came in and he just grabbed me and shook me like I was I don't know he, he, he just really shook me really hard and said yeah. don't you understand what I just said yeah and I was like no and then he told me and then it clicked and uh, the following six weeks were really hard there was a big brain fever and it just didn't yeah. look well and 
I needed that punch in the face to understand that life and nothing is more important than your health and your family and your life, right? And um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's two kinds of people, that ones that see it coming and the ones that need the kick in the face. And I That's was so true. I was definitely one of the second. And, yeah. um, but then I changed so much, like my, my nutrition, my, my stress levels, my uh, work ethics. And um, that has helped to eventually speak about this. And that is one of the reasons why actually I started this podcast, because I wanted to bring people together that kind of help each other by sharing experiences. And it's so valuable what you you just said especially because uh this is a, a job um where you uh work with um with with all you all you got right so everything like y your your body your um yeah your your mind uh you you have to you know work on point and you have to function and um there's so much more than just the body and uh, i think it is so valuable to share these these learnings that you had and that makes you so much stronger to help others and to yeah. be yourself and know your own worth and know your limits and uh, yeah, i i believe that this will will be uh, the foundation of your next level Thank you. Yeah, no, and I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But you know, it's, it's, it's very true, everything you said, you know, and I, I also believe that everything happens for a reason, you know, like, I really live by that. And I know that usually when you go through something so hard, there's always a greater outcome, no matter what it is, you know, but I feel like a lot of what I went through is I you kind of you, you kind of like when you're feeling good you kind of think you're invincible right and yeah. I feel like once you kind of get in that mentality of like non-stop you're so programmed like that but when something kind of hits you in the face like that it's like whoa okay like maybe I'm not so invincible you know and that was something that was like especially for me being so I'm very like passionate about health it, and taking care of myself and then mm -hmm. I thought I would be like the last person to ever ever end up in that situation you know and I've and it's also something I've been incredibly private about especially on social media which number one goes to show how fake social media is yes. but it's also something I was like you know what I'm gonna save this for a time and I'm gonna do maybe like a full video on it which like I don't want sympathy like that's not why but I, the way I look at it is if I could help one person I that's all I've done something you know yes that's the um, most important thing for sure because there's because if I feel like if I was going through what I was going through and if I had just maybe heard one person go through something like a little bit similar it would have made it that much e easier because once you can relate to someone you know it just kind of it does something where you're like okay well like maybe I will be okay maybe I will get out of this because when you're in like the depths of something it's it's hard to see your way out you know Absolutely, you don't see that um, at all, yeah. I think. And because you don't realize you're in that situation in the first place, I guess. Yeah, and it really shows, like, what I, if I've learned anything from all of this is how 
much stress can do to somebody and how it can affect the body and the mind because I never really thought about this type of stuff and I mean everyone handles stuff differently in their life you know like some people live in insanely stressful situations all the time and they're not really affected or maybe it hasn't manifested in that way yet you know but especially for me being so hypersensitive to everything I've noticed after going through all that how sensitive I am to things and it's really just made me like be a lot more grateful for health and my body and life in general, you know, because things can be very scary. I had I had a very random I've never spoken about this either, but in December I had a really 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 scary health scare which came out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um and that made me feel like I was ungrateful for what I was going through before, if that makes sense, because of how yeah. scary it was. Mm. Um, so, you, yeah, you just, you never really think about those things unless you're in that situation, you know? And now I catch myself like getting upset about something and I'm like, why am I upset about this? Like, this is so minuscule to like real problems, you know? And even me talking about like what I went through and everything, like in a sense, yeah, sure, it's valid, but like that is also minuscule to what some other people go through, you know? So like I always try to remind myself of that. Yes, of course. It helps to set things into perspective. But in the end, um, if something like that happens, um, it is very important to understand how to cope with it and how to move on. Because, um, well, I don't know about you, but um, when I have had that kind of situation, I was was thinking about, hmm, eventually I I thought about why did this happen? What did I miss? what can I do better? And um, so I started experimenting many things like doing more sports again or, um, yeah. you know, just finding more inner calmness. And that yeah. is actually something um, that I eventually found. A friend of mine, he was really deep into meditation and mm-hmm. he um, he just helped me to first he, he uh, actually he was my dentist and uh, he, he became oh. a friend, but uh, then he eventually he, he stopped being a dentist and uh, pursued his uh, second professional career as a, as a shaman and also uh, someone oh, that wow. is really into helping people um, finding inner peace. Yeah. And that was uh, another thing that is so helpful for me to understand how my inner world actually looks like what i can find there and how to um reset like or how to you know there's this for for everyone that is not really into meditation when someone asks me i always say that for me if if i want to explain this to you that would be the clear blue sky is always there and the the clouds in front of the clear blue sky these are thoughts or yes beliefs or whatever and you can let them go and you can actually observe what you're thinking so you are not your thoughts and uh, that image has helped me a lot to understand that I don't have to believe what's going on in my head right now and I for sure I don't have to um, overvalue things that are happening at that very moment because things will pass but it's very hard if 
you set expectations on yourself or you have others in your case putting these expectations on you to work for them uh, yeah in uh, function for them and um, so is that is that something or what, what is it that got you out of that out of that like um I mean, I think I just had to come to peace with everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, because I was fighting it for so long, you know, like, I feel like when you fight things, the worse it gets, because like, I always say like, expectations are the cause of all suffering in all aspects of life, you know. And so I would tell my agents, no, like, give me two weeks, like, I'll be okay. Like, I would keep saying that and I would put such insane pressure on myself where, I'd be like, I have to feel okay by this day. And then if I didn't, I just felt awful, you know? So it wasn't until I was like, you know what? I just gonna let go of everything. I feel like the most important some um, thing someone can do in their life is surrender. Um, there's a really good book. It's called The Surrender Experiment. And it's very, very interesting. It's about All a... Right. He's a very, um, very well-known author, but he went through... Something really horrible for 10 years, um, which he thought was never going to end. And once he got out of it, it was the most incredible thing started happening for him, you know. So I just once, yeah, so basically once I just kind of surrendered to everything and I was like, you know what? No one and nothing is going anywhere and whatever's meant for me will not pass me by. And those are, that is something I strongly, strongly live by is like what is meant for someone will not pass them by. So I was like, okay, this is meant to be happening right now. So what am I supposed to do? I just have to accept it. So once I started accepting it and was just also being honest with people too, you know, and I think the hardest thing was is I was just basing so much of like who I was around my career and not just, hey, I'm actually just like me, you know, like that's not everything. And just started trying to enjoy my life more and things that like actually made me happy and connected me to maybe what I enjoyed before all of this happened. And once I started putting emphasis on that, I started kind of just being at peace with everything more. And I've been, I will say I've been absolutely incredibly lucky with my support system within my career they have been nothing but um patient with me supportive and I feel like in the modeling industry that is something you don't ever really come across yeah so I'm I'm eternally grateful for that you know that is so cool so cool to hear yeah. that uh, reminds me a lot of the conversation I recently had with Quentin Decayes uh, um, yeah. fashion and beauty photographer from uh, Switzerland and he said exactly the same he had that really strong family support system that uh, kept him going through all the challenges that come came across and actually you just answered the question from uh, my previous guest Joanne O'Neill she's, mm -hmm. uh, she's a hairdresser from, um, from Belfast and um, she, she asked exactly that so thank you for that already <laughs> and it was really insightful to, um, and I, I wrote down the surrender experiment. I will check that out and we will definitely put that into the show notes because it sounds really interesting, that concept. And I'm really curious about that already. And yeah, no, it's great. It's a great book. I really, I started reading a lot too. Um, and it's so interesting, like you are not your thoughts, you know, like when you say that. 
It really resonates because I think about that a lot because a lot of people, like, people get, like, scared of their thoughts, you know? And so, and most people, even me, like, people catastrophize, you know? Like, think of the worst outcome. Like, oh, what if I'm not going to get through this and all that, you know? So I feel like when you, so that's why I started reading those types of books, you know? And especially that one, it kind of makes you think like okay you know what like it is gonna be okay and i feel like just even believing something is half of the job yes absolutely agree on that and hey we've been talking about emotions and um experiences uh especially those kind of not not so really nice experiences a lot (laughs) um i want to touch on um a very positive uh emotion um, you sent a really beautiful picture um, that I would love for us to uh, talk about a little moment. Um, you know, there's this tradition in this podcast that my guests send pictures that have a very special emotional meaning to them. And you were so kind to send a picture of uh, you and your mom. And um, of course, we will show that image on the on the respective social post. But would you mind telling why this is so important for you this image or why does it have that special meaning to you yeah so basically so that was um that was a trip to new york where i was so lucky to be able to um bring my mom to new york with me um i think because in hindsight like my whole modeling career and everything and even since i was a kid my mom's always been my biggest supporter like no matter what like would never get mad at me even if i made a huge mistake or something you know it was just like always so there for me so once I started working a lot and I moved, I never really got to spend much time with her. Um, and so, but like that one trip, I was able to take her to New York with me. And I think that was when I had just moved to New York and we were able to spend a week together. And it was cool because I was able to bring her to like set with me and to like agency meetings. And obviously her having a, been a model for so long, I think it was really special for her to be able to kind of like relive all of that. And mm-hmm. I have a very special relationship with my mom. She's like my whole world. She's like my best friend. Um I always tell her I'm like I always tell everyone I'm like my mom's like my soulmate and they're like what and I'm like I believe in life you have like many different types of soulmates but she's definitely one of them and uh just being able to kind of bring her back to something that she used to experience but now I'm there doing it and kind of be there together was just very special to me oh yeah and I believe she's very very proud of you and so is your dad Imagine, (laughs) imagine your dad having like two um, very successful models in his very close family. That's that's kind of rare. <laughs> I, think, I think I think he just rolls his eyes. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, um, I think that is um, what you just said about your mom. Um, that is so so nice, and um, I really appreciate you having that close connection with her. And I believe that um, it is very very powerful to her to do be able to be there for you and um, give you that kind of support and feedback and um, traveling with you. I recently, uh, when I, you know, when we started working together on, uh, on mm-hmm. that project, um, we started following each other and I, I was able to see what you were doing every now and then. And it was really nice to see actually that much of your mom with you and that you were traveling together and, that really made me smile, and uh, I, I'm happy that you shared this with the creative family. It's really powerful. Yeah, 
No, it's it's been really nice, especially the last two months I've actually been able to spend with my mom, which have been amazing. Obviously she's back in Sweden now, but it's been it's been so nice. I'm I'm so incredibly lucky to have her. And obviously my dad too, because I don't know if he'll listen to this, but <laughs> he'll be like, What about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um and yes, so that's really cool. Thank you for sharing this. Of course. And um now I would love to um, give you, you know, there's always a try to get some surprise feedback for my guests from from mm -hmm. people up from the network. And um, since we we have been doing that uh, cover together for Vogue magazine, which was also, as you said, something that you ticked off your bucket list, um, mm -hmm. um, I thought it would be nice to give you some feedback from Ava Pivo, the photographer. And oh. um, I would love to play to you if you don't mind. Sure, I would love that. So here, here she comes. Okay. When you love animals, especially horses, and you have dogs in your studio like me, it takes only a few seconds to connect with Billy and find yourself like talking to a good old friend you only did not see for a while. She's so sweet, easy and down to earth. Wonderful to work with her. Oh, yes, that's so sweet. <laughs> it's it's funny, though, because I remember showing up at set um, and I had just gone off a really long flight and I was so tired. And I was I remember I walked to the studio in the morning to try to wake myself up. I think call time was like seven or something. And I remember I just felt she was so, so wonderful. Um, I remember she had her children there and her dogs. And it just felt like I was at home, you know, yeah, like while yeah. they were at like at the studio while I was getting hair and makeup done. And and like I remember her husband was there and like brought a beautiful breakfast. It was just so nice, you know. Yeah, Ava is, is really lovely. We recently met in, in Düsseldorf for the first time. And um, I've been working with her uh, for, for many, many years. Uh, projects already but um we we have been discussing uh, everything uh through the internet uh and we've been having very long retouching sessions together which was really nice to you know not be alone and we're just discussing everything and yes i relate to that she's really nice and um she she uh she definitely wanted to give you some some feedback oh so sweet no i love that she's uh, great Thank you. Um, That's another thing where, like, I will say, throughout my career, I have met so many wonderful people. And, like, I mean long, lifelong friends just from meeting someone on set, you know? Yeah. Well, that of course. And uh, that is so exciting, right? You, I mean, as I, as I told you, um, I was working in the creative industry for quite some time now. And mm -hmm. um, I was so lucky to meet so many interesting people uh, that have either very interesting life stories or are just fun to be with or they ha we were sharing the, the weirdest work situations and that's what it is about to to be open to meet new people and i think in that creative fashion beauty industry you meet so many people that are interesting and have been traveling the world and have got stories to tell yeah. and um of course it, it sometimes it's it stays a bit because you you don't meet for such a long time but sometimes you connect instantly right and you yeah find someone that you want to connect with on a more deeper level and yeah that's exciting 
That's exciting. It's, it's an exciting world. For sure. Because it's funny you say that. So I have a best friend, Natalie, um, and she, like I call her my wife. She's like my sister. Like I feel like we were like meant on this earth for each other to be like best friends for life. And I had really weird situational like life happen. And I ended up at this job, um, which I wasn't really supposed to be at. And she was at the job. And just from ending up there, I made like a lifelong best friend, which is really, really, really special, you know, and I feel like especially maybe when you're in the same industry, you can connect with people like a little bit different. And life is so much about connection as well, too. And so I feel like when you're able to come across those types of things, especially in a work environment, it's very meaningful. It is. I think by working in the creative industry, I met two of my very best friends. And they yeah. are actually not here in, in Germany. They are living in, in, in Helsinki, in Finland. Oh. And um, so we connected because one of them was having an exchange here while we were in education still. And, um, and I knew that I was going to go to Helsinki for a month. And so I told him that, hey, when you're here, I will show you Düsseldorf. And how about you show me a bit of your town when I'm coming there? Yeah. And, um, I think that way we I met a few other people in in Helsinki out of his uh, bubble, and mm -hmm. that meant that the next I also got to meet the next people that were coming to Düsseldorf, and so it continued, and um, it happened uh, that this became a really big part of my life, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, it's it's so special to have people that you can, even if you don't see them that often. Uh, yeah, you, you can connect with them in in a heartbeat and um, either continue where you left off years ago when you saw each other the last time uh, or you just, you know, we jump on the phone and uh, or uh, on video calls nowadays. Uh, I, when we started uh, mm -hmm. connecting, there was no video call. So we uh, <laughs> we uh, it was it was really exciting to to connect. And uh, I believe that. Uh, you and your friend Natalie and that it's so special to have this it's super for super, sure super yeah nice. it's life is you know life is so interesting how so many situations lead you to another right and how you meet people yes exactly and um you know I want to uh, if you don't mind move on to um a question from the creative community um yeah. I, I just picked one uh that I found was a really interesting one that would also lead to us speaking a bit about social media. Yeah. Um, and it was Jen that asks, uh, you're having a, a very large social following and how much of your private life are you willing to share and what is a no-go and how do you deal with, um, with the expectations that are in, in the social world? I love this question, actually, um, because I actually choose to be pretty private on social media, I would say, um, where some people like they share their whole lives on there. But something that's very um, important to me is keeping my private life off of social media. Yes. I think someone said this to me once, and it's a really good analogy, and especially like in relationships. But like I'll use a relationship, for example, where I have not um, always been public um, with people I've been with on social media, because I feel like when you have a world with someone, you, 
you're kind of just like in your own little bubble. You have your own world together. But once you kind of open it up for the world to see your other people, your bubble starts getting a little, little bigger and it's all of a sudden not so sacred anymore. And Mm -hmm. I really think about that kind of stuff in regards to social media. So, I mean, of course, like I'll post like my family or like travels and stuff on there, but my private life, I just, that is something that I just want to keep for myself, you know, and I don't feel the need to overshare on Instagram. I feel like Instagram and social media is, um, it's a validation platform. And Uh I feel like if you feel the need to overly post certain things, it's, you're kind of wanting it for some sort of validation, which I mean, everyone posts on there. Like, obviously like I post like photos of myself on there. Like I, I'm not saying I don't do that, but I feel in regards to my personal life is just something I choose to keep private. And I've had situations in the past where I didn't keep things private and maybe unwanted opinions from people came about. And it's just, it's just unwanted noise sometimes, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't bring value to your day or to, to you at all. Right. Because um, when, when you, share um no when you decide not to share um private i i'm handling it the same way i don't i don't want to post anything about yeah my myself other than me work related uh, mm-hmm. or sometimes uh things that i you know do with people from my network that's okay but i don't want to spend time uh sharing things about my family or you know my son yeah. for example i don't want people to That's not interesting to to them. I don't want to share that. That's precious uh, private yeah. life, right? And um, so that is something um, that is, I think, is a very good decision for you, especially because uh, there's there's a lot of people following you, and they want to see, of course, what what you're doing and uh, where you are. And uh, of course, I, I can imagine that there will be questions like are you seeing someone or yeah. uh, what, you know, all those kind of things that don't really um, belong to the public. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, I obviously do get that a lot, you know, and I it used to be this whole thing for a long time. People would be like, why are you so mysterious on social media? And people would always say it to me too. Like, Oh, you're so mysterious. Like, and I'm like, Not, it wasn't intentionally at first, you know, because um, it's interesting. The first thing people will ever say to me when they meet me is you're nothing what I would have expected off your social media. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, you're just like a lot more down to earth or personable. And I'm like, it's interesting you say that, but it's interesting to me how people are so easy to judge just off of like photos and stuff and how it just goes to show how like fake social media is in a sense yeah yeah yeah. you mentioned i think and when we spoke last time i said that it's such a highlight reel and false realities and what do you think are the risks and the benefits of social media um you know i think i think humans are the problem i don't think social media is the problem i think there's a a lot of I think there's a lot of benefits to it and there's a lot of disadvantages of it. Um, It depends how you use it, you know. I think it can be very unhealthy if you spend copious amounts of time on there comparing yourself to others because it's so easy to go on there and be like, oh my God, like look at their life or like where they're going. 
something I have struggled with a lot. Um, it's better now, but in the past, while even when I was working and stuff and I didn't have a lot of time, um, is I would get really bad FOMO, like fear mm. of missing out because yeah. I would see someone like on a beautiful trip in like Italy where like, I wish I was, or like with my friends and stuff and it would make me really anxious and I would keep seeing all this on social media. So that was like a disadvantage for me. I feel like when I would spend too much time on there. Um, and it's so easy just to, it's, I find it so silly because everyone knows it's such a highlight reel because everyone on there is, um, curating such an image of themselves to look a certain way and a life that's a certain way when I tell you it's really not like that and I know a lot of people who look one way on social media and then their life's really not like that and not that that's a bad thing but I feel like me knowing that I still don't even put that to like my knowledge sometimes you know like I'll catch myself being like oh wow like look at this but I'm like no but like I know this is fake so I feel like I always have to kind of remind myself of that um but in terms of like benefits of it I've had a lot of incredible opportunities because of Instagram I've met some of my best friends like I've even had a very long relationship because of a random DM slide you know Mm -hmm. um that's interesting. So I know. <laughs> so there are obviously benefits to it. Um, and you can really use it in a powerful way to create a really cool life for yourself. I've been able to create a thing where I got, I've gotten a lot of opportunities because of my social media, which has done a lot for me. And I'm very, very grateful of it. Like, for instance, like I was, I worked with a couple like really beautiful hotels in Europe the last few weeks um where we worked together I just made some content for them and I was able to take my mom on like a week-long beautiful trip through Europe which she probably has not been able to do in an incredibly long time you know and I'm really grateful that I'm in the position on social media to be able to do that type of stuff you know sure um so there's definitely advantages of it so I, I can't hate on it so much because there's even people or there's jobs or there's been clients um, who have reached out via social media. Even my current manager reached out via social media, you know? So it's like I, as much as I'm like, oh, you know, like Instagram's so bad, it sucks. No, it's no, like, and that's not hate. even what I, 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 where I wanted to go. I can't hate on it that much. <laughs> no, 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 sure. And I, I wanted, didn't want to go there. I was just, you know, when, when, when talking about social media, um, of course – for people like creatives or for people like you, especially you, um, I think that's a very valuable platform to reach audience that is interested yeah. in um, working with you or uh, that is just you know curious about what happens in the world. And that's absolutely fine. I, uh, where I wanted to go was um, when, we, when we talk about social media, um, I think you pretty much more than anyone else know how to handle this and how to work with yeah. it. Um, but there are people that don't and that see uh, the, the the life of others, as you just mentioned, and um, that um, maybe are not that experienced in life or mm-hmm. that are, you know, for example, young girls, right? So you are a role model for, for young women uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way, of course. And 
has it ever happened that um, you you realized or that you noticed that they are like I don't know too much in in comparison or that they don't know how to handle this and uh, is there anything do you feel a responsibility for for young girls and in, people in some sense yes because I mean I'm particular with what I post on Instagram these days obviously and because anyone can see it you know and I just try to be my most self on there and just keep things as close to what's special to me as possible, if that makes sense, like more in regards to like posting stories and stuff. But mm -hmm. there's definitely times where like, I'll get a lot, a lot of DMs from young girls, like asking me like, oh, like, how do I become a model or how do I do what you do and all this type of stuff, you know? And it's hard because it's like, it's like you almost don't want to give a young girl advice to leave them down a path which could potentially really affect their mental health, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I'm always so careful to where I say anything. Like I've even had parents reach out to me and be like, hey, could you help me guide my kid this way? And I'm like, well, what am Whoa. I supposed to do? So like I don't always reply to all these, but no. I do try to reply to people like as much as I can because I also don't want to seem like I think I'm like too good to like open my DMs because it's not true. So anytime like people do try to ask me questions and stuff, I always ask. But yeah, I mean, it. I guess I never really thought about it that way, but I guess there is a fine line to which should be posted on there. Um Yeah, I also try to like really because I've gotten a lot of questions being like, oh, like what's your like diet and fitness routine like or how do you eat? Like, can you tell me what you eat in a day because I want to maybe look like you? And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that like everyone's biochemistry is incredibly different. You know, the way they eat will not yes. work for the person next to them. And And, like, a lot of models work out with, like, athletes, too. Like, it, it really – and some don't, you know? It, so it really depends. So, like, I never want to give that information, like, out on Instagram because it's like, hey, listen, I can eat this way, but you might not feel and look good if you ate this way and vice versa, you know? So Absolutely. I feel like there's a lot – I think one issue, and especially because, like, I did go to school for nutrition, one thing I see on Instagram a lot is I, like, I enjoy watching them, too, or even on TikTok. It's like – what I eat in a day videos which is great and all but I feel like sometimes they can be very misleading and kind of lead girls or boys anyone you know down a path of which is potentially going to affect their health and there's a, even like a lot of I'm kind of going off now but there's even a lot of people on there who have absolutely no medical degrees and they're like oh you should take these supplements I'm like no you shouldn't like you shouldn't be like broadcasting <laughs> this information on there you know yes. Thank you. You say that <laughs> it's, it's so annoying to find all these kind of things in, in advertisings and everywhere, and people are just, I don't know, holding the next meal shake into the camera and the, the next, know, the next like diet of this, this and blah and this and. Uh, it, I well, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that because you you have a you have a, a solid background in in nutrition, right? And um, so that is a super interesting topic, I think, uh, to of course point out that this might not work for you because you might digest maybe fat or sugar other the, other in another way than maybe someone else and um or yeah, but we can get very deep into that i think but that should 
is possibly another uh, discussion. Um, <laughs> but it's super interesting. And uh, is there is there anything that you would like to add to this from 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 your perspective? Yeah, it's just that like I if I could say one if I could give one advice to people is listen to your body. Your body knows your body is so intelligent and it knows what makes you feel good and it knows what makes you feel not good, you know? And I feel and like your body is healing when you're not even thinking about it, you know? So there's been times where like I have eaten a certain way and years ago before I really figured out what worked for my body, which I, which some people eat that way and they feel absolutely amazing and they look phenomenal, but it made me feel not great, you know? So I always, if I can say anything to anybody, I'm like, prioritize whole foods, things that make you feel really good, like good sources of protein and stuff. And don't eat one way because you think like this influencer looks this way because they eat X, Y, and Z all day. Like it's just yes. listening to your body is so, so important. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And I feel like a lot of people also don't realize maybe how crappy they do feel um, until they change it up a bit. That's really powerful. Thank you. And, of course. Um, well, we uh, I think we covered quite a lot of topics, and um, I I do have one more thing that I would love to quickly discuss with you before we yeah. go into the quick fire questions, and um, that is about that is a that is actually a thing that I am personally um, thinking about a lot. And mm -hmm. because it's it's part of my profession and um, me working as a retouch artist for all sorts of different projects, especially in, in beauty and, and hair productions, um, clients, especially clients, um, demand or maybe used to demand, but there's a tiny change on the horizon, I, I feel, um, yeah. that things are getting retouched or let's say um, reshaped in a way that I think is completely out of the line. Uh, I yeah. never, I never, me personally, I never um, want to reshape people unless it's specifically demanded or if it's a thing that, um, for instance, uh, it's just because of the, the angle of the camera that some, some shoulder is really big or something because it's close to the camera and things like that. That's, that's, all, right. that's all right. But uh, things happen um, that are completely unnatural. And um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Is there a change coming? And, um, or will it get worse? Because when we think about especially apps that we have on our phones, that yeah. maybe by default optimize human faces without telling you, right? And so there yeah. are some apps that just change the the, the way you the, your, your skin looks or your your jawline looks. And yeah. uh, what does this do to people and their their image of themselves? Right? It, it's one thing in in commercial uh, in the commercial world or in in maybe in the fashion world. But what does it do to to the private world? And but th these were two questions. So the first one was: Do you do you see a change in the commercial industry 
or and is there something that you know i do see a change you know and because you will see now they're shooting like big campaigns with maybe on retouched skin or you see like um different like heights or body shapes like you know what it is definitely changing the industry i think but I think within the fashion industry, I think it's only, I don't think it's changing for the right reasons, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think that there is a 1% of the world who looks a certain way and the rest cannot relate to it. And I feel like as they're trying to please consumers, they're trying to use that as marketing, if I'm going to be completely honest, because there's a lot of demand from people being like, oh, well, why is there not more plus size models on the runway? And I even hate saying the word plus size. Like, I just feel mm. wrong saying it because I feel like people should not be deemed in categories um, or like people with more natural skin. And like, well, I think it's amazing because 99% of the time, like people do not look perfect like that, you know, um, and no one's skin looks perfect all the time. So I feel like it puts such like an unhealthy image out there. And I definitely do think there is change, but I do question if it's for the right reasons, you know, or if they're just using it as a marketing ploy to attract, yeah. to please the consumers of the world, you know, and to make more money. Because at the end of the day, that's like everyone's motive is usually behind a lot of those big brands is we want to make more money and like what is the best aspect we can head in our marketing, you know? Sure, sure. And yeah, well, I, I see that too uh, in a couple of brands that I work with that they definitely uh, went back a bit from this hyper-perfection and yeah. uh, it, it it's very well received from my end that they, yeah you know, it's, I want to have the personality of the people in those images and I want to actually see in the end uh, what the photographer has captured and to tell that story and i love enhancing what couldn't be captured in the camera yeah to bring a certain mood or tell a story but um the the story is not told by uh over retouched people and um you know no, like especially well of course there is a slight difference uh there's some projects like i don't know commercial campaigns for skincare of course that is a bit different of course yeah. that's a bit different um but then again uh even there i can feel it and i'm really happy about that um but the thing that i i was really confronted with a couple of times recently was that um there was the demand of changing the the, the shapes of the faces and stuff like that and I wasn't really sure where that came from and um yeah and it's and it's like some because like there's been a couple jobs I've shot and they have photoshopped my face and I'm like I don't look like that like that is not me and I'm like but why would they even do that you know I'm like what are you trying to achieve like that doesn't even look good yeah. and so I always wonder what the motive is behind it you know like I because I, I guess and I guess whoever is behind like the image they want they're the ones kind of being like hey like it has to look this way but not everyone agrees with their vision you know but yeah I mean I think it's great that things are like evolving and I hope they continue to do so because I feel like I even feel for like people's mental health it'll be so much better because they're not going to be just so 
Yeah, but why, <laughs> why is that thing about these filters that people use, uh, especially in social media? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it kind of just, I think it boosts people's egos, to be honest. You know, like, social media is a thing where, like, you can kind of hide behind and if you want to alter your body or look this way or that way, you can. And then, but I just don't think it's good either because like once you start to do that it's like then you're gonna start being like oh well like maybe you may i made my nose smaller and like your nose doesn't actually look like that in real life and that's just like not really healthy like i think everyone is so beautiful just the way they are like you know what like yeah. you were and like i'm not against um cosmetic surgery or that like i'm not one for it personally but like if that's what people want to do like that's wonderful but i think that everyone is put on their earth just as they are and like everyone is just beautiful as they are and going on social media and just kind of having to create a unrealistic like image of yourself is just not healthy absolutely i think social media has been invented to be fun and actually to share uh cat videos and stuff like that yeah <laughs> because that is you know no i meant just to be honest uh just just kidding but uh, the thing is i really like humor and uh people that are you know don't taking things too serious and yeah just sharing a laugh uh or you know just something that brings light into the day of others and For it's sure. not about this comparing stuff or look at what I got and look where I am and blah, blah, blah. Because this is, uh, this is so, I don't know, ex exchangeable. Like it's not yeah. interesting, but if you get inspired by someone, motivated by someone, I think that is the true power of, of social media rather than the downside that is also very relevant, uh, sad to say, but um, that, The, having people like feeling not as worthy or not as valuable yeah. um but yeah and i i think it's like people love people who are relatable you know and i'm like and i will say like i don't think i'm the most relatable person on instagram because like i choose to like not post that much on there like real life stuff and i've kept it in regards pretty professional so like i'm not saying i am but for instance like i love watching like videos of influencers or just like anyone in general who's just like very relatable to normal things you know and i think that's where the fun in social media should be you know not all this like emphasis on like oh like i i want to be like the hottest girl on here like something like that like that is boring at the end of the day you know like people yeah. like and it will fade one in Yeah, and people want to know why you're you, like what makes you interesting, you know, and so I feel like there's a lot of disconnect within that. Um, but like, again, I feel like society is the issue and they put a lot of emphasis on that, you know, and it's, I also will say, I feel like going back into social media, I know this is a bit off topic, that it's very unhealthy for relationships because I feel like a lot of people start comparing their own personal relationships to what they see on social media, which is like, not real life and i yes. think it's also made it very hard for people to i never really like i don't really date much but i have friends who have a lot of like issues and stuff because 
it's almost like people go on Instagram or stuff. It's like they're all like online shopping or they're with someone. They're like, oh, like this person looks better on a phone screen. So it starts messing with people's heads, you know, but like you have absolutely no idea what their real life is like. And I think that it it ruins a lot of like things that could be incredibly special. So Billy, uh, now that we... um finished talking about the the serious topics right <laughs> um, i would love for us to go uh, to the quick fire questions um because that is always something um where where people that are listening can find direct take-home value some inspiration and uh some things to take away so um what would be your statement on a large billboard if you could put one My statement on a large billboard, if I could put one. Um, okay, I have one. Okay. Um, but mine would be, you'll never be better at being anybody else but yourself. What is your favorite fun hobby? My fun hobby? Um, this sounds silly. I like to make ice cream. <laughs> Are you making it yourself? I like make like vegan ice cream. Yeah, it's like oh. a thing where like I'll like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what could the next generation do better than you? Um, be less, less judgmental. Because I don't think people understand what has gone into someone's life, what's gone on in someone's life or what's brought to them to where they are where someone is judging them in such a harsh way. Yes. Um, what would you love for your peers to think or say about you on your 80th birthday? That I was kind always. And I was always someone, someone could rely on. What do you believe in that others might call crazy? I feel like people need to look at their living environments. I think people underestimate how toxic the environments around them are. And not a, not, a, not a lot of people pay attention to that. Which celebrity or band would you like to meet and why? Okay. Mine would actually be an author. It would be um, Michael Singer. I don't think a lot of people know who that is, but he's actually, he's written some really incredible books. And I feel like if I could like, I like to pick people's brains, you know? So yes. I feel like that is someone who I'd want to meet and like pick their brain. <laughs> um, what, it, what is it, what is easier for you to say no to today than a few years ago? Things that don't serve me. I feel like before I would always, I'm quite a people pleaser and I used to always put everyone before myself, but I feel like in the more recent times I can say no to things that like are not going to be a benefit of me. What is your favorite book uh, that you gave as a gift to someone and why? So there's a book, it's actually, there's a book called The Wisdom of Sundays. It's actually by Oprah and I always tell people to listen to it on Audible um, and she interviews about like six of my favorite authors who've written some really incredible books about their journeys and stuff. And I've recommended it to a few people and they said it's changed their lives. Um, so it'd be the wisdom of Sundays, but listen to it on audible because you have to listen to the actual live interviews. 
Amazing. Okay. It's on my list already. Um, <laughs> what are um, your three favorite apps on your smartphone? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I would say notes because I I love literature and I like to write and I will sometimes get like writings or thoughts in my head and I want to write them down quickly and I mean my phone is always there if I don't have pen and paper. And then um, photos because I obviously love to take photos and I would say Spotify because I love music very, very, very much. It's very interesting that I get these answers a lot like notes and um but I think yeah. you, I think you were the first one to say photos um yeah. but Spotify definitely is one of the all-time top three I think so last one of the uh quickfire question is what makes you happy my family people I love and the ocean oh Yes, and you said that I'm very I'm very attached to water. I'm very attached to the ocean. There's just I think growing up on an island, it's like a part of me. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And I guess that is uh, a very cool experience to um to live close by the ocean <laughs> and especially on on an island. Not, yeah. Not everybody can say that and uh, I always wanted to live by the beach or at least close. But has not happened yet but oh it's okay it'll happen anything's possible <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> and it's definitely uh in, on our bucket list to to go and live where yes. where uh, where the sea is Aww. um all right so um i just um had one thing that i we didn't touch on but um i wanted to um at least ask you um there's a project that you're currently working on And um, would you love to share a bit about your um, fashion brand that you created, Sentiments? For sure. Yeah. So basically, it was during COVID. Um, and I wanted to create, I will, will always wanted to create something. You know, I also feel like have modeling stuff it's kind of put me in a position where I could kind of like branch myself out a bit and so I just didn't want to do anything I wanted to do something I'm really passionate about and I love literature I love words I think it's I think they're so powerful but so simple and even just a few lines from a song can make you feel so much so I wanted to be able to incorporate fashion and literature so I created all organic it's like and i'm very passionate about materials and sustainability where i can um so everything is completely organic and i had um original writings embroidered on pieces and it's really cool you know it's turned into something really special for me i this campaign we actually shot in germany um and i wanted to keep the hoodies because I started with hoodies and I want to kind of keep that as the core and I want to make it where I can kind of I mean I like to write too and I have ideas for the next drops but in certain drops I want to give opportunities for writers and different artists to maybe showcase their work that haven't that's not been put out there right and put that on pieces and it's it's been really cool the response has been like really wonderful And um, I'm really excited about it and I hope to keep growing it more and maybe do a couple other collabs with people and stuff. But for now, um, 
I'm focusing on this and it's been a really nice creative outlet for me. I believe. And where, where can people find it? So I, right now everything's online. So it's just, it's called sentiments with a C. So it's just sentiments.com and they're on there. And I, and I did very minimal drops because I want to keep it really exclusive. And once an item is made, it'll never be remade again. So what's on there now will never be um, resold, you know, so we won't do reruns of anything. It's out and that's it. And you'll have to wait for a second drop. All right. That is exciting. And, yeah, no, uh, it's it's been really cool. Have you have you uh, the the next one planned already? I have, yeah. So somewhat, I have some ideas, um, which I want to do, and I have some friends who are really big into fashion who have been like incredibly helpful for me. I, I believe um, with yeah. with with designing and just everything. So I have ideas. So it'll come. I'll probably wait a few months before the second drop. Um, but yeah, I have I have lots of ideas and I'm really excited for it to see where it goes. And I just hope I just I love when I just I want people to feel something from it. I want it to be meaningful. Um and I also wanted to incorporate like writings on there too, like even on the tags. It says, Would you rather know more, understand more? Which I think is really interesting because like a lot of people, like it'll make someone like stop and think about it. And it's not really been done before where two things were like incorporated as such. So yeah. That's super exciting. And uh yeah. wishing you nothing but the best for that. And Thank uh, you. Of course, for for everything else that is uh coming from you and um super exciting and uh it was really 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 um interesting and deep to talk about the things that we touched on today but i don't want to let you go before um it's it's your chance to um ask a few questions and um it would be really kind of you if you would um have one question for the listeners for the creative family and maybe one for the next guest yes um i would like to ask the audience what has been your greatest teacher i always feel like in life there's something which will either put things in perspective for you or will teach you so much whether it's a person and incident a situation um so that's my question and then for the next guest i want to know um what inspires you when everything else fails too thank you i love that you ask for the greatest teacher that's a really powerful one i'm really curious what comes back yeah me too I know who's the next guest, but I won't reveal now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just feel especially as creative, like a lot of the, obviously you're going to have a lot of creatives on here. And I feel like sometimes you can feel a little bit uninspired, but I always feel like there's just something that no matter how uninspired you can be feeling that that one thing will just spark it back up in you. So the audience, they um, can reach you, uh, of course, through Instagram, as you mentioned. And yes. is there any other platform that you would love to share? Um, no, I am just on Instagram. I make some weird TikTok videos with my mom, but I don't really go <laughs> That's just more in like my dog. That's more just for my own entertainment. Um, it's just Instagram. It says, don't be Billy. Not a lot of people get the username, but it's like, don't be silly. Don't be Billy. <laughs> all right um i i uh, i thought it was really funny uh when i read it the first time 
And um, so it was really, really exciting. And is there anything else that you would love to uh, touch on that we didn't talk about? I think that's good. I feel like we covered a lot of good topics. All right. So it leaves me with nothing but uh, to thank you for your time and for making this honest and deep conversation. That's really, really appreciated. And um, wishing you nothing but the best for everything you do next and for your life. And thank you for being part of this. Thank you. No, it was so, it was so wonderful to connect. I'm, I'm really glad. It's my first podcast ever, so I'm glad it was with you. for tuning in to another episode of creative industry radio i hope you enjoyed today's conversation and took away some valuable insights into the creative industry i'd love to hear from you and to continue the conversation so make sure to leave a comment on the respective show episode post on instagram and linkedin and let us know what you think about the image and the story to it that was shared and of course you're welcome to answer the question of today's guest and if you liked what you heard today and found value in it Why not share the love and forward this episode to a friend or colleague who could also benefit from the content? Your support means the world to me and a subscription to this podcast would be greatly appreciated. So until next time, keep being creative and stay tuned for more episodes of Creative Industry Radio. This is your host Jan, signing off.